That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Great America Show. We're waiting to see what Vladimir Putin wants to do with all of those troops that he's positioned so conveniently on Russia's western borders. We're waiting to see what Xi Jinping wants to do as well, what he wants to do with Taiwan, and whether he understands clearly just how fearful and respectful he must be at all times of President Joe Biden, no matter how Mr. Biden might appear in a White House press event. With us to take up all of this and more, but certainly all of the suspense that is now shared by at least half the planet, is one of my favorite radio and TV personalities and great American. Today we have with us Sebastian Gorka, the host of America First on Salem Radio Network and the Gorka Reality Check on the Newsmax Cable Network. Seb, great to have you with us. Great to be on. Happy New Year, Lou. Happy New Year, my friend. Seb, let's start with, first of all, that news conference that will live in infamy. Uh, the president uh, lost, uh, meandering, and going we know not where. Your reaction? Well, you know, I discussed this press conference and, and the one he did before that, and I analyzed it. I, I have two, you know, big strategic guests that come on every week on, on the radio show, America First. And, um, you know, if I, if I ever grow up, I'd like to be more like them. One is Victor Davis Hanson, and the other one is Lord Conrad Black, the, the media mogul out of Canada. And I asked them, because they're both professional historians. Lord Black has written three books on U.S. presidents. If they can recall in modern times in the 20th century, any head of state, any American who lambasted half the country, who was angry with half the country. And we see this time and time again, whether it's talking you know, on the anniversary of the, the fake insurrection of January the 6th, or whether it was, as you said, his meandering, meandering discussion on, on his first year in office. Uh, they couldn't recall any president who gets so, you know, you can get angry at Tojo's Japan uh, if, you're, if, you're, if, if you're the president, you know, President Truman. Uh, you can get angry at Al-Qaeda if you're George Bush, but to get angry again and again and again, like an irascible old man, as Biden did with Americans, is very peculiar. On top of that, you know, I know we've got you know, half an hour together, Lou, but we could spend the next 30 hours just without partisan politics listing the incredible roster of failures that this man represents. And it doesn't matter what sector, whether it's national security, Afghanistan and the border, whether it's the economy with supply chain and inflation, whether it's COVID with more deaths in one year under Biden than we had in the whole Trump administration, it is a disaster every which way you look. And, you know, to put it back into his perspective, Lou, it took Carter at least three years to create that disastrous economic malaise that, that brought us Ronald Reagan. 
this man has done it in a, a few months. It's incredible. And with all of that, uh, as I said at the, at the outset, at least half the world is on something akin to pins and needles, waiting to see yes. whether Vladimir Putin moves his troops across that border. And President Biden giving the world a new concept in that press conference, the idea that there is such a thing as a minor incursion uh, by a, a global uh, military force uh, like the Russian army. Uh, it, it's, it, it's stunning what turned out to be, gave every appearance of being an invitation to, to Vladimir Putin. Uh, and, and frankly, I had to, as he said that, I've had, I thought to myself, uh, Mr. Gorka, I think this is reminiscent of the Democrats' demand that we investigate collusion, because it sounded very much yeah. to me that Joe Biden was colluding with Vladimir Putin to help him in an incursion and invasion of Ukraine. Well, on your first point, let's be clear about the last five years. The, the, there has been Russian collusion at the highest levels of the, uh, the uh, American government, but it has been done by Democrats, whether it's uh, the, the former Secretary of State uh, paying $12 million uh, from her campaign to use a, a British MI6 agent to buy a fake propaganda smear material from a Russian asset working in the Brookings Institution, or, or whether it's uh, anything to do with uh, the, the regime that gendered up the Obama appointees like Comey, Brennan, and others that ginned up the fake collusion narrative to uh, accuse Mike Flynn of committing crimes where none had been committed. Russian collusion is real, but it's always done by Democrats. With regard to this, this recent statement, uh, I, you know, on the one hand, you have to smile and, and just be amused. I can't think of a, a presidential presser that has required so many retractions or quote-unquote corrections from the White House within the first 24 hours of its being given. When, when you see Jen Psaki making statements, you see official White House uh, memos being issued after Biden's address, in which they say, uh, no, uh, President Biden didn't mean that about a minor incursion, and if Russia does invade, we will have a strenuous response. Or whether it's Psaki having to say, uh, President Biden wasn't questioning the results of the yet to be held midterm elections. Of course, he didn't mean it when he said they would be illegitimate. It's a disaster. This, this man is either senile or he's complicit. And I, I don't do predictions because, you know, Lou, nobody's held to their predictions, but I'm going to give you one right now. Um, having lived in Europe, having lived in a former communist nation for 15 years after the fall of the Berlin Wall, I guarantee you, that the speech given this week by Joe Biden is being taken by the former KGB colonel Vladimir Putin as a green light to invade Ukraine again and imminently within a matter of days, uh, maybe maximum a couple of weeks, we will see that line crossed again and Ukraine will be at war. I am surprised, I don't know if you are, that Colonel Vindman hasn't reappeared in public to protest strongly the the language of Joe Biden uh, and his express invitation uh, to a foe of all of uh, Europe and indeed uh, most of the civilized world. 
Benman is really missed here because he has such a precise and sensitive uh, antenna for these sorts of things uh, that are communicated between world leaders. Uh, Aren't you shocked? Yes, I'm so glad you reminded me of uh, Alexandra. Uh, Don't call me Mr. Vindman. I'm going to have to tweet out the fact that you reminded me that he seems to be um, very loud in his absence. The, 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 the silence is deafening, especially for an individual who, by the way, if your listeners aren't aware, was born in the Ukraine, ended up as the person who was the fake whistleblower reporting on President Trump's discussion with the president of Ukraine, despite the fact that Alexandra Sasha Vindman wasn't even on the call. Oh, and just one last little piquant additional footnote. This is the individual who has admitted on the record as a serving lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army that twice he was offered the position of Minister of Defense by the Ukrainian government. So why why is he not standing up for his Ukrainian brothers? I don't understand it, Lou. I I just somehow see him right now with a... uh... Uh, with an M16 slung over uh, over his shoulder, his pack, uh, and you know, carrying it in both hands and boarding a C-17A uh, to make sure that the the motherland is protected. Uh, it's it's stunning stuff. Uh, as we watch this, uh, all this unfold under this administration, we learn that actually president trump was concerned about the wrong terrorists he was uh, he was worried about the iranians he was worried about isis and by the way more than worried he did something about it he eliminated them uh but this administration is concerned about domestic terrorists and by that i mean of course the parents of school children uh, in our public school system uh, who've been designated by merrick garland the attorney general as uh, the potential uh, domestic terrorists that could upend uh, America as we know it. Who would have ever dreamed we would see this kind of nonsense emanating from Merrick Garland, who we were assured would be a level-headed, bipartisan, uh, unbiased uh, justice of the Supreme Court, if only Mitch McConnell would permit him uh, to uh, move forward with a confirmation vote. Yeah, look, uh, we are a blessed nation in one respect that this individual never made it to the Supreme Court. But having watched him testify at at the inanities that he said with regard to the BLM and Antifa right thing, well, um, they're not terrorism because terrorism doesn't occur after dark and those arson attacks happen at nighttime. This This is an intellectual lightweight uh, he's a puppet, just like Biden is a puppet. He's not running DOJ. It's former Obama holdovers like Lisa Monaco, Obama's uh, counterterrorism advisor, who was the architect of the Obama era disastrous counter-ISIS policy, who sadly, and, and Lou, this is where I have, uh, and I don't even tell you, such problems with the establishment GOP and the rhino class. Lisa Monaco, another Obama holdover, who was confirmed with nary an issue uh, by the GOP senators when she was nominated by Biden to be the real decision maker in the DOJ uh, under Merrick Garland. So, yes, this is this is what somebody else has called. And I I, I fully agree with it. The attempts to criminalize conservatives. We saw hooliganism on January the 6th. We saw a handful of individuals 
do stupid things such as trespass on Congress, uh, break things. Uh, nobody was killed by the January 6th rioters. A 14-year-old Air Force, 14-year Air Force veteran was murdered by a Capitol Police officer in cold blood, an unarmed woman. Uh, that individual was lauded by the legacy mainstream media. As a result, more than 700 Trump supporters were arrested. Many of them are still in solitary confinement in the metropolitan uh, police uh, cells in D.C. Some of them are grandmothers. Some of them are suffering from cancer. And one individual, absolutely outrageous, still in confinement and has yet to receive an arraignment date before May of this year. Uh, that is a complete travesty. We are assured, all Americans, irrespective of our political colors, swift access to justice. This is a regime, and I call it a regime, whether it's Nancy, whether it's Biden, whether it's Schumer, whether it's the DOJ, that is trying to criminalize people who simply disagree with them politically. I, no one, I think, is under any illusion. The Biden administration, the radical Dems, the the Marxist left in this country has uh, turned the Biden administration into a force of evil, uh, a force that has been uh, aimed at the American people. January 6th and all that has followed, uh, whether it be the, the persecution of those poor protesters and some, of course, who actually committed criminal acts, but to this point, there's no, to my knowledge, there's been no charge other than a misdemeanor, uh, which is a property right. crime, uh, not an insurrection. Uh, and by the way, if it was an insurrectionist, uh, as Marco Rubio said, uh, if it's being led by a guy with a Viking helmet and horns uh, wearing a Speedo, it's hard to take seriously uh, the idea that it was a serious attempt at anything. Uh, so I, I'm just looking at this and I see the creation of a January 6th committee. This looks like Soviet yep. style uh, show, uh, show trials uh, and show investigations, uh, all a sham uh, perpetrated again, just as we watch two fake impeachments, two fake FBI investigations, a fake special counsel, and now fake district attorneys and attorneys general, uh, radical Dems and Marxists in various states going after President Trump and his family. The persecution continues. And for those keeping track, this is six years of persecution of the president of the United States, and there has not been one single charge that resulted uh, of any kind. There's been no crime found. Do right. you know how many people could have all of these forces arrayed against them and not come up with something, a tax liability, a, uh, a parking warrant, uh, you name it, something. And this goes on, and the media is so callously corporate that they do not have the integrity to say it out loud. This is a fraud. It is a, this is a national shame. What has been done to President Trump, to the Trump family. And by the way, uh, the American people are owed a great apology, apology by so many, but I would settle for just appropriate punishment for all of those who have perpetrated the fraud and the persecution. How about you? Well, look, uh, I think it's worse than that. I think the media, it's not, uh, it's not just uh, acquiescence, it's 
complicity. The, the media were, were, were complicit in propagating the Russia hoax, uh, the Steele dossier, uh, on and on and on for four years. And, and now, now it's personal, and you're right, it's, it's about President Trump or anybody who supports him. Just before Christmas, I arrived home to a very unpleasant uh, gift on my doorstep, a, 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 a courier package from uh, FedEx sent to me by the uh, Verizon phone company, subpoena compliance division. Uh, they had been approached by Nancy's January 6th committee to provide uh, them, the Congress, the witch hunters, with all my uh, telephonic metadata. But, but uh, no, it's, it's not just my data. It's every phone on the account. That's my wife. That's my children. The congressional subpoena was attached. No mention is made of any crime I committed. I wasn't near Congress on January the 6th, but I guess as a former deputy assistant to President Trump, as a, a, a vocal advocate of America First, who has a, a radio show that is called America First, that is my crime. So uh, as the great Andrew Breitbart taught us, these are just bullies. We have to stand up against them. I filed a motion to quash in the district court. But as we saw just this week, I think it was Wednesday, all of President Trump's lawyers have likewise been subpoenaed, their phone records as well, whether it's Rudy Giuliani, my White House colleague, Boris Epstein, whether it's Jenna Ellis. And, and there is a, nary, uh, a consideration given in the, in the mainstream legacy line media to the fact that the communications of a lawyer are protected. The client uh, lawyer attorney privilege is sacrosanct in American law, I guess, unless you're a Republican working for President Trump. So at the end of the day, it's clear to me it's not about me, it's not about Rudy, it's about the 74 million Americans that voted for President Trump. They have nothing, Lou. What, what is the Democrat agenda for the midterms? More inflation? More invasion of sovereign territory by uh, our enemies, more success for China, for Russia, for Iran. If you don't have policies, if your if your president is 17 points underwater in the polls, if 50 percent of your voters do not want Biden to run again in the after just 12 months in office, what do you have? You have nothing except the ad hominem and the political persecution. But as long as there's breath in my body. And in the bodies of people like fighters like Rudy Giuliani, we will never surrender. Well, uh, indeed. And uh, no one would expect uh, anything else of you. But the unfortunate reality here is uh, more than 30 former Trump officials were told now, it is reported uh, in the Daily Mail in particular, uh, are now holding secret calls and moving to try to subvert uh, his uh, expected a run for re for re-election in 2024. Uh, it goes on and on, and you know all of that is ginned up by the left. Uh, the usual suspects, uh, John Kelly at all, trying to to take on a, a a president they didn't serve with either integrity or or, or intellect or talent. Uh, it's it's disgusting what we're watching. Uh, because he continues to be attacked by those who owe him so much. Uh, and can, I, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I just respond to that, that, that one sure. name you mentioned? Because this is really, you know, I'm not sure your listeners know the full story here. So, uh, and this is, this is hard for me to discuss because I, I served for five and a half years uh, in the Defense Department 
I was uh, a professor of counterterrorism at National Defense University. I spent two and a half years in Quantico at the uh, home of the Marine Corps, and I, I love the Marines above all the services. And when John Kelly became chief of staff to President Trump, we, we had high hopes. This is uh, you know, a, a legendary individual in the Marine Corps. But, but he's one of the reasons I had to leave the administration. You can read about that story in, in, in the, the books I've published since I've left. But just one anecdote that is now in the public domain, so I can share it because he's spoken about it publicly. So um, you have, of course, a Corey Lewandowski, uh, President Trump's the former campaign manager, who never joined the administration, but was very close to the president, saw the president weekly, walked into the White House whenever he wanted because the president wanted his counsel. Corey uh, was detested by John Kelly because he couldn't control him. And one day he came out of the Oval Office after a consultation with my boss, President Trump. And Kelly didn't know he was on the compound. When he saw him in the West Wing, and this is, this is Corey has stated this publicly now, John Kelly grabbed him by the suit lapels threw him against the wall so violently in the West Wing that the button of his jacket ripped off the jacket. And I'm not going to use the language he used, but this hero Marine said, you are, you are never coming back into my house again without my permission. John Kelly called yeah, the White yeah, House. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the story. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, uh, the deep state is an ugly, ugly creature. Uh, and it is a living organism within the government. And as a matter of fact, uh, at times, this government doesn't move in any direction unless it has the approval of the interagency, uh, the permanent bureaucracy, or better known as the deep state. Uh, whether it's the, the general staff in the U.S. military at the Pentagon, whether it is, uh, you know, and, and talking about uh, treason. Uh, General Milley, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of yes. Staff, picking up a phone to talk to his quote-unquote counterparts in the People's Liberation Army to warn them about the prospect of, a, <laughs> of an attack uh, by President Trump that he would order. I, th there is so much uh, dis, uh, you know, just absolutely disgusting conduct on the part of the military and the intelligence services over the course of the Trump administration, that it, it, it is a book unto itself. It hasn't been written and it won't yeah. be uh, because the deep state will make certain it, it isn't. But what we do know is that uh, the elites, the globalist elites, the military industrial complex, the Wall Street, corporate America, the oligarchs of uh, big tech and social media conspired to destroy a president. Uh, and they didn't give a damn what else went down, including uh, the government of the United States. It's outrageous uh, what transpired yeah, over I, that time I, and which continues today. I, I, when I first joined the administration, um, I, I was leery of, of using the phrase deep state. Uh, and I, I didn't until about two weeks in when I actually witnessed the deep state uh, in action. And let me share a story from a few months later that, that, that really, if you had any doubts about the, the deep state, this is the, the counterpoint. Um, very early on, I was given a task, a, a classified uh, national security task, 
which necessitated people assisting me in some research work for the president. So I, I had to second individuals from the U.S. government to the White House to execute that mission, which is an absolutely normal thing. Since I've been a professor for several years, I had lots of former students of mine across the interagency in the intelligence community. So I put a by name request through for you know John Doe from the FBI, uh, you know uh, John Smith from CIA, and I was informed by the White House, okay, this will take about two weeks. All we have to do is get the uh, permission of those agencies and transfer their clearances. It's completely standard uh, um, procedure. Month after month, nobody arrived. And uh, I was given excuses. And eventually, six months later, a senior individual from the FBI who was in the White House on business anyway, uh, came to my office and said, Seb, you're never going to get those second deeds. And these are his exact words. Because the seventh floor of the Hoover building looks at this White House as the enemy. Meaning the executive branch, FBI leadership, looked at President Trump as the enemy to their agency. That is the deep state in action. Yeah, and the deep state, and by the way, I've been talking about this deep state for a very long time uh, because it has been clear uh, to me and my reporting over the years, uh, the governments that I've worked with, whether it's the Obama administration, whether it is the Bush administration, either of them, the Clinton administration, that there are forces within the government that are not not there to serve, but rather to direct and to protect and protect their own interests, not that of the United States. Uh, and, and it doesn't matter whether we're talking about the Pentagon, intelligence services, whether we're talking about uh, various other agencies. By the way, I should include parts of the Treasury Department as well. This is, uh, this is just stunning to think that right now, with this weak and enfeebled leader in the White House right now, there is, he's referred to by many as a puppet, but a puppet of whom? Uh, and it, I don't know if it's sufficient to say he's a puppet of the deep state, because I think that that cabal that is controlling this administration goes throughout corporate America, through Wall Street, uh, and by the way, I think it goes as well uh, to China, uh, to Russia, uh, and there is no doubt that Biden is nothing more than a figurehead uh, for interests that do not have the best interests of the United States at heart. And that is why, in, in large measure, there was such opposition to President Trump uh, every day, every step of the way. Uh, for uh, from the period that he started his campaign uh, to this very moment uh, in which nothing more than the prospect of him being elected in 2024 still still rattles the souls of these uh, these reprobates uh, in the deep state. And that's why he must be, in my judgment, reelected. No, I concur. And I assure you that if we do shellac the uh... Democrats in the midterms and uh, secure the Senate and the House, then he will be running. And if uh, we prevent uh, the theft of the election, if we secure the election, he will be uh, the next president of the United States. But, but to your broader point, yeah, there, there's, there's no broad, um, there's no centralized conspiracy, but there is a nefarious um, alliance across all industries, 
across all sectors, across all parts of the globe. And they're united by one thing. It, it came to me very simply. I, I, one, one week I thought, why, what, what is it about the people who hate President Trump? Because it, it's so vituperative. It, it, it's so, you use the word evil, it absolutely is a man who sacrificed millions, if not billions, to serve this country. A man who had to be destroyed because he wasn't owed by any interest, not, not the unions, not by pharma, not by oil. Uh, and he was a threat to those vested interests in the Uniparty. And it just came to me. Everybody who hates him hates America. So wh whether you're a leftist, whether you're a unionist, whether you're the mullahs in Tehran, whether you're a KGB colonel in the Kremlin, that whether you're a globalist corporation that doesn't want free markets but wants monopolies, the one thing is if you hate America, and what America stands for, you will hate those who love America. And that's what we're fighting for every single day. And you, Lou, you are one of the greatest champions and an inspiration to all of us. Well, thank you for that. And I, and I do think that everyone uh, in this country needs to understand the colossal architecture of this, this monstrosity that we call the deep state. Uh, I do think that there is no question that their actions uh, and their interests are coordinated. Uh, I think that, uh, as a matter of fact, let me give you an example. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, who wants to be speaker when the Republicans take over the House, and hopefully that will be this, this fall, but he wants to be speaker, and he is served, he served notice on the business lobby in this country. Imagine this, a Republican minority leader telling business that they can just step back because their lobbyists are not going to be listened to, that they have been betrayed by corporate America uh, and their lobbyists, including the great, the biggest lobbying group of all, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the Business Roundtable. Yep. They have been fed a line of nonsense from Wall Street, uh, where Wall Street is telling American investors to ship your money, not to uh, a, a new uh, factory in Ohio or Illinois, but send your, your billions of dollars to China so that you can fund corporate enterprises that are owned and connected and led in many, in most cases, by the, by the CCP. It's, it's a stunning moment in history when there is this awakening as to who the powerful forces are that drive this country in whatever direction we go. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's great to hear those words. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that he has yet found the backbone to uh, implement those decisions should he become the speaker after a, a victory in the midterms. But it is stunning. And I think it is a, a recognition that Americans are waking up to the fact that uh, the, the uniparty system had one interest in mind, uh, the managed decline of the United States uh, in preference to other forces such as a rising China and to multinational corporations. So, you know, I, I applaud people like Congressman Gates and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who have said they refuse, they're first people to refuse any money from PACs or super PACs. They only want donations from Americans, from small donors, because that's as it should be. That is as the founding fathers intended. So we, we can do it. 
But the thing that the last two years has taught me, Lou, and I, I'm sure you'd agree that the, the greatest problem America has, and it doesn't matter which issue you talk about, the greatest deficit we have is simply courage. We must have courage to do that which we know is right. If we find that courage, America once more will be unstoppable. Well, you know, you you said, if I heard you correctly, that you think Kevin McCarthy is too weak to be speaker. Uh, and that's interesting because I think that he's been far, far too, uh, what would I say, mild. Uh, in his response to urgent issues uh, and events that required courage and direction and principle. Uh, he has been, if not a rhino, uh, a borderline rhino in nearly every instance, but now is talking strong. Is it, or do you support him as speaker? Because I don't know whether I do. Yeah, I, I've had him on, on my show, America First, um, uh, you know, I, as an individual, uh, he's a nice guy. I don't think very likable. he's a malefactor. Yeah, very likable guy, not a malefactor. And I think he can be convinced and forced to do the right thing. And when I hear people like Jim Jordan on my show say, I don't want to be Speaker of the House. I want to be the chairman of the Judiciary Committee. We, we have very little options left. So who else could run and take that position? Yeah. So, you know, my, I, think your, I think your phrase is absolutely on the money, borderline rhino, but salvageable if we, the American people, and our representatives put the requisite pressure on him then he will do the right thing. But right now, it's too many empty promises. When, when, we have, when we have innocent people or people who've committed misdemeanor trespass uh, in solitary confinement in horrendous conditions, and the GOP, McCarthy, does nothing, and it takes people like Louis Gohmert, it takes people like Gates and, and, and Green and Gosar to stand outside the prison until they are let in. Uh, we still have a lot of work to do with the GOP, Lou. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, he, uh, Kevin McCarthy was too quick uh, to, if you will, sully President Trump's name and to withhold not only his support, but to actually attack him in the winning uh, hours of January 6th. I, I don't think I'll forgive him for that. I don't know whether the president will. I don't think I will. Uh, secondly, we don't, need a, we don't need a leader who has to be uh, encouraged by his followers uh, to, to lead. Uh, we've seen enough of that nonsense. Uh, we're, we're, watching, <laughs> right. we're, we're watching it now. So I think the Republican Party has some really uh, big choices to make. Uh, and uh, I know one thing, uh, they will be all the better for listening to you and your broadcast, whether on Newsmax or the Salem Radio Network, uh, as they consider the country's future. I know that we're better off for having had the opportunity to talk with you. I enjoyed our conversation, Seb. I hope you'll come back soon and continued great success on the Salem Radio Network with America First and, uh, and on Newsmax TV. Congratulations. Uh, we wish you all the very best, my friend. You get the last word. Thank you, Lou. God bless you and your listeners. Please check out uh, everything you just mentioned at sebgorka.com. And I can't wait you to have I can't wait to have you back on my show.
<laughs> got a deal. I appreciate it, Seb. All the best. Happy New Year. God bless. Happy New Year. God bless. We're joined now by two of my favorite folks, the ever irrepressible, ever discerning and disarming Diamond and Silk, great Americans both. It's great to see you guys. I, I First, how have you been? Oh, we've oh, been wow. great. Under this Biden regime, we're doing as well as can be expected. Yes. <laughs> we're doing great. I would have thought that he would be good for your business. Oh, no, no, oh. no. He, he's not good for our business. He's good for China and people that want to <laughs> take advantage of us. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> I stand corrected, and you're absolutely correct. Uh, let, let's start with that incredible press conference. Uh, I have seldom seen the like. I've never seen the like of that. It was just, I, I mean, my jaw dropped as uh, he went from one gaff to the next bungle to the next uh, bumble. Uh, it, it was just awful. What did you think? It was awful. I thought it was awful. I thought it was divisive. Um, I'm pointing the fingers at the Republican Party, at Republicans like they're not trying to do anything uh, great in this country, uh, not remembering that we had a Republican president. And up under that Republican president, mm -hmm. there was no high gas prices. There was no food shortages. Shelves wasn't empty. Uh, 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 you yeah. see, things like that. there was no high inflation. Um, but up under the Democrats, this Biden regime, we see the high gas prices, open borders, empty shelves. All of this is happening up under Biden, but he wants to blame Republican yeah. for his sinking ship. And that's something that the uh, Democrats, they love to do it. They love to create the problems and then blame others for the problem. Yeah. Well, you know, I got a kick out of it because he kept in his own peculiar way, he kept coming back to uh, the question, uh, what do Republicans stand for? And, and I kept waiting for somebody to stand up and say, well, you know, Republicans stand for uh, secure borders, uh, the yeah. end to illegal immigration, uh, unprecedented economic growth, low inflation, high employment, and balanced uh, deficits, uh, balanced uh, trade uh, with the Chinese, amongst other things. I mean, that's what he stands for, a strong military and, oh, yes. No and one killed in Afghanistan at, for 18 yeah. months. That's right. And our jobs here at home in the United States, not overseas somewhere. And when we look at everything that's happening when it comes to so, uh, shortages of goods and services, if China is behind this, why aren't we starting to, you know, bring our jobs back home, make sure we're making uh, products for the United States of America in America. But yeah. you got them up there talking about climate change and talking about build back better. I don't need you to build nothing back better. I need you to put it back the way uh, uh, it was. That's right. It's, you know, you're so right. And as he talks about these things, it's as if there was no, the country had no history. Uh, he forgets, he himself had said on at least two occasions that it would be, you know, absolutely disaster to get rid of the filibuster. Yeah. And here he is that we've got to have the filibuster gone. It's been with us. Uh, we've never had a, uh, a end to debate in the U.S. Senate uh, with uh, a simple majority. It's always required more than a simple majority. And suddenly it's a brilliant idea on the part of Biden to stop the Supreme Court uh, as FDR tried and famously failed. Uh, and 
to kill the filibuster. The last thing he wants is the minority party right now to have any say in the direction of the country. Right. And and so what first of all, they're hypocrites. And what they're trying to do is destroy our country and usher us into a communism. They want us looking like China is what I think. That's in my humble opinion. And so we may want to get rid of things like the filibuster. What you want to do is you want to keep it where control always be in the hands of the Democrats. And in my humble opinion, that's because uh, they knew something was out of order in 2020, the election of 2020, especially if they don't want you questioning anything. They're setting it up like we live up under dictatorship and and, and they're raining down tyranny on the American people is what we see. Also, they make it seem like the American people are okay with this. Like we can, we don't see through all of the the shenanigans that is going on as it pertains to their lies and mm-hmm. what they've been pushing and the open borders and so forth. America's it, we're American is not for this. We want to be able to go to a grocery store, pick and choose what we want on the shelf, feed our families, go to work. What the what the Republican G uh, the Democrat regime need to do is remove all of the red tape so American can be American and Americans can be America where we can obtain the America dream not live in this America nightmare. Well, well said, and I I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, as I watched the president uh, try to contend with one question, uh, he was basically asked. Uh, by one of the reporters, uh, effectively, uh, are you suffering from dementia? Do you have <laughs> Alzheimer's? Are you impaired? <laughs> and, and he got this look on his face like he was going to answer that question honestly there for a split second. I was afraid for him. But he he is just, uh, he stumbles from one moment to the next. He looks lost up there. He stops and he pauses and doesn't say anything uh, and then keeps coming back to, you know, what do the Republicans stand for? Right. As if that's the answer. And by the way, that would be the answer if we had uh, Donald J. Trump in in the White House, don't you think? Listen, we miss him. I really hope he run in 2024. I'm looking at Biden trying to push a voter this this voter suppression and black people are being suppressed. Now he had 80, he said he had 81 million people to vote for him. That's 16 more million people than uh, Barack Hussein Obama. Mm -hmm. His ratings is I believe in the low thirties, probably doesn't hit the Mm twenties. And he's saying that black people are being suppressed. He said that more black people voted for him than Obama. So how is black people being suppressed? suppressed. And the idea, it just doesn't yeah. make any sense. Yeah. The idea that you think that black people don't have enough sense to pull out their ID mm-hmm. and show it before they vote, that is offensive to black people. Mm-hmm. That's almost like Darwin playing our intelligence. Yeah. And that's why we, as Black people, people of color, have to stop letting this Biden regime use us as the face of everything. Voter suppression, it affects Black people. Climate change, oh, it's Black. COVID, you know, Black people are disproportionately affected. We have to stop that. Mm -hmm. And that's why we always speak out about it. That's right. And good for you. I I don't quite get uh, what he was trying to say because... He first, he said it was going to be an illegitimate election. 
uh, and if uh, everybody in Congress and the Senate didn't pass his uh, his voting rights bill, but his voting rights bill actually take away rights because they would get rid of basically your state legislatures mm -hmm. and the federal the, the federal system uh, in this country and states' rights. It's just yeah. uh, and it's our just legal amazing. vote. Our legal vote would be replaced with illegal vote. Right. And I do not believe that our elections should be federalized because, in my humble opinion, what they're trying to do is justify what happened in 2020. Mm -hmm. What yep. I do believe is that we should follow our Constitution, mm -hmm. which they took an oath to, and we our elections should be free, and fair, fair, and transparent, yes. is what I be believe when it comes to our elections. That's and, right. this and this country isn't a quote-unquote representative democracy. That's it is a constitutional republic. It is a yes. I had to tweet that out yesterday in some form like that to let people know. Right. We are a constitutional republic. We're governed by constitutional, constitutional laws. laws. When these representatives have taken oath, they've taken oath to uphold the constitution. That's right. So why do you want to break the law? Why do you want to disenfranchise and step on our rights to vote? Right. Whenever you take and you put an illegal vote, you're replacing my vote. Right. And I'm an American born on this soil. I didn't come over here on no ship. I didn't cross no border. I was born on this soil. Mm -hmm. So we want fair, we want transparency. And I want him to stop making black people the face of all of the atrocities that he's trying to push. It's interesting that you say that because indeed he does put forward uh, the the black voter uh, as uh, the focus of his efforts, which is really interesting since he's the one bringing in two million illegal immigrants this, mm -hmm. uh, this year across that southern border, and he is also the fella uh, who wants to dilute the votes of legal citizens. Yeah. Uh, he wants those illegal immigrants counted as quote unquote persons uh, so that they can get more congressional representation. Who loses? The the American citizen. That's right. Uh, because our, our, our precious uh, voting rights are the ones being uh, hammered, right. and yes. suffocated and diluted. So I, I, it's stunning the way he thinks. Uh, I, I can't quite figure him out other than the the obvious answer, which is he is uh, he's suffering some ail from some ailments that, uh, well, are well, obvious, I think, to, to many. I won't say what they are, but there it is. Right. Uh, and one of the things he said was uh, talking about talking about the Ukraine. He said, you know, maybe if Putin just did a little minor maybe minor incursion into ukraine it'd be you know basically he was saying it'd be okay unless he does a really big major incursion i i mean Zelensky, the president of ukraine went nuts as he as, as he properly should yeah trying to figure out what this man is saying and right now we hear from the russians that they're more likely to go in to ukraine now after that press conference Wow. See, but you have to understand, yeah. Biden is not a leader. You know, he, he, he leads from the back if he's leading or somewhere in the basement. Mm -hmm. and, and really, all these other countries, they don't trust us anymore. They don't trust the United States of America. And you can thank Biden for all of that. Right. Um, you listen, I love our elderly. 
But I believe at a specific age, when your mind starts dwindling down Mm -hmm. and you can't drive a car, you can't walk up no stairs, Mm -hmm. you having a problem remembering, you have a persistent cough, it's time for you to go somewhere and rock your grandchildren. We don't need you running nothing up here in the United States of America. That's right. Well, it is it is scary to think that he is the man who will be making decisions Mm -hmm. if our national security is threatened uh, directly by either China or, or Russia. Uh, it, it's very wow. difficult to imagine. Uh, but his vice president, I have to tell you, is every bit as scary to me after you watch her performance with Savannah Guthrie uh, as she gets into a, what's some kind of verbal match uh, with Savannah Guthrie telling her that everything was perfectly clear and not to worry your pretty little head about it effectively. Uh, she didn't take too kindly to that, understandably. And, and tried to make a point. I cannot understand what this vice president thinks she's doing. Well, she, she knows she ain't doing nothing. And see, Lou, that's why, listen, I don't want to be carnal-minded when I say this. You don't lay on your back for a check. That's you right. don't allow people to give you your stuff. You get out, you work hard, and you get, get it for yourself. yourself. So you will know certain things. A lot of things was handed to Kamala because of who she dated. That's right. Okay? And now that she's out here in the real world and really got the work, she can't remember nothing. She don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. She laughs at everything. Like she want to make us think that everything is fine and we know something is happening up under our noses. Yeah. So this vice president, listen, it's going to go down in history that she is going to be the worst ever. And when they're done, they're going to leave her holding the bag. That's right. It's just, it's when she does that little giggle. Yes. Uh, that, you know, and you'd feel like you missed the joke when she does it. Uh, I, I keep trying to figure <laughs> out what's so funny. <laughs> but but there we are. Uh, and I wonder, too, if uh, the January 6th committee, uh, we hear a lot about what they're doing, who they're seeing, uh, who they're investigating. Uh, and we we find out that there are only two Republicans on it, but not the two Republicans that the Senate, uh, the excuse me, the House the minority leader wanted. Uh, Kevin McCarthy wanted Jim Jordan on there for sure. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, Unfortunately, Pelosi decided that this is going to be a once one way deal. Your thoughts on this committee and what they're doing? Well, I think what they're doing to me, it almost seemed like it's illegal because they're acting like a court. Okay, I don't believe in political prosecution. Um, I I don't even know why they formed this committee. See, if you're not willing to lay out all the facts, we talk about the facts. Talk about the the, uh, Capitol Police that let these people into the Capitol. That's right. Well, you're not willing to talk about the people that scaled the walls. You ain't arrested them, but you arrested a grandma with a cell phone taking some pictures. Uh You don't you don't bust her door down. Uh We got to talk about this. But when you're not willing to show all evidence. And then you want to politically prosecute somebody because you think it was an insurrection Mm -hmm. and ain't nobody been charged with an insurrection as far as I know. And then you want to compare January the 6th. You want to commemorate that and compare that to 9-11 or Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. That's a problem for me. Right. So you arresting some people with with some cell phones. That was worse than people uh, 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 running planes. Through our, through our, through our, uh, the, towers? Uh, the towers. Yeah. Like, think about that for a minute. So the American people is going to have to stand up, wake up and make a decision. Listen to what these people are saying. Did some things happen at the Capitol that shouldn't have? Then you arrest those people. Right. But did you notice, I don't believe nobody was arrested. 
um, at the Capitol. You sort of see what I'm saying? But they want this to, to be the be all. Yeah. They yeah. want this to be the narrative. And my deal is, where is the committee on this uh, Afghanistan uh, debacle there that uh, happened uh, August the 26th when 13 servicemen and women right. uh, was killed? Where is the, the, the committee on that? I mean, where is the committee on all of these uh, millions or billions of dollars that's been that's missing from the COVID fund or that was used to house illegal aliens? Mm -hmm. You know, where is the committee on all that? Excuse me, forget the committee. Where is the impeachment yeah. on that? And why isn't the Republicans impeaching Biden? And not right. only that, they keep saying that they was trying to stop uh, uh, the process of certifying an election. Uh, during that time, they was bringing out the evidence of what happened, happened in some of these states. That's right. When it per up to, uh, pertains to the election. That's right. So let's get the story right. So I think it's disheartening when you have this regime trying to create political prosecution yep. uh, 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 and got people locked up that should be out uh, of right. jail. I think it's a sad day in America. It is sad to think that President Trump has for the past now six years, we're in our sixth year, mm -hmm. uh, he was under FBI investigation before he was elected throughout his uh, term as president, four years, and now uh, through uh, the past year, district's attorney and attorneys general going after this president, his family. It's political persecution, as you point out. Yes. And it's that straightforward. And by the way, the Republicans don't do that. I was uh, just they, about to say that. Where where is the Republican Party on that? You know, when we had the House, the Senate, uh, did they do any investigation? And if they did, why they didn't go to this state where they they got everybody? They never do that. And then I see, I do see where uh, uh, Jim Jordan is saying, you know, whenever we get the House back, yeah, we're going to investigate this and we're going to investigate that. But it still makes me wonder: Are you really going to do that? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I, the the face in the Republican Party for me is really on a low surface now because I look at the way that they did when it came to the 2020 election. I look at the way that they did when it comes down to uh, throwing President Trump under the bus and backing that bus up, running back over President Donald J. Trump and we the American people. I look at the way that they do things, and I don't like that. They're not fighters like like President Donald J. Trump. Right. When President Donald J. Trump was the president and he was in there, a lot of that stuff, President Trump had to fight a lot of those battles alone because a lot of the people in the Republican Party, I call them the rhinos, did not want to fight. They don't know how to fight. And that's why the Democrat Party continued to pondo over them and just, and just basically beat them down. All they have to do is call them racist and then, and then Republicans go running somewhere. But it's time for all of us. We, the American people, I don't care if you're black, white, pinstripe, polka dot, or pad, left wing, white, right wing, or in between. I don't care who or what you are. We all are going to have to be the ones to stand up to this regime and to the damnable things that's happening in our country. That's right. Yeah, and you're so right about the, the rhinos in the Republican Party, the Mitt Romneys, the Paul yeah. Ryans. They are so gutless, so unprincipled, and they they prance around like some sort of uh, you know the, the self righteous bums mm -hmm. they are, <laughs> and, and and they really need to get out get out of the party. But the party more than that needs to get rid of them. Yeah, right. a choice. Uh, so I mean, I would love to see that day, because I, we all know that there would not have been a Republican in the White House. Uh, after the election of 2016, if it were not for Donald Trump. 
You're right. On. That's right. And, and people forget he's the guy who showed this Republican Party how to fight yes. and how to prevail. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, at the end, he was standing alone without the help that he was he was which was his due for right. all that he did for the country and for those yeah. Republicans to just fold up like cheap lawn chairs. Is, oh, yeah. Is disgusting. And it's see, clear. Lou, Lou th- this is what why anybody that gets elected to Congress or to Senate, they need to be true fighters. And what needs to happen? These people need to be held accountable. accountable. Anybody that broke constitutional laws that have uh, that have committed crimes against humanity. I'm sorry. These people need to be locked up in jail yeah. because you're dangerous. You're dangerous to the American people, people and you're dangerous to America. How you going to live in America, obtain the American dream in America, but destroy America. That don't make no sense to me. Somebody need to be held accountable. Well, hopefully that will, that process will begin this fall uh, with the midterm elections. And we're going to have to uh, really, really try to discipline the Republican leadership because they're not natural winners. They're not, (laughs) and they're not natural leaders. So we've got to figure out a way to to help them along in this uh, in this moment of opportunity, uh, got that right, Diamond South. It's great for you guys. To, it's great of you to to take some time and be with us here on the Great America Show. We uh, we love you and we thank you and can't wait to talk to you again soon. All right, All right. Thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you for, for having, having us. us. All the best, ladies. All the best. And these ladies are the best. Uh, just terrific. Great Americans. Great Americans. Well, that's our, that's our podcast for today. We thank you for being with us. Uh, we'll be uh, seeing you here tomorrow. Uh, as they say, uh, same time, same station. If that works in podcasting, I'll work that out. Don't worry. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Thanks for being with us, and God bless you all. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America Podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.